This is the Smash Up Derby, the podcast about working class politics. We continue our discussions about the Democratic Socialists of America today. Our two guests have proposed a resolution to the convention about the place of labor in the DSA. One of them is an open heart surgery nurse. What other podcast gives you that? You're listening to the Smash Up Derby. Well, Jonathan, why are socialists in the labor movement? I mean, one of the reasons why, you know, socialists make good trade unions is they, they actually understand how capitalism works. Well, why does that make them good trade unions? Well, because then you don't, you know, if you're trying to get something out of a capitalist. Yeah. Right. In negotiations. And you understand, you know, basically that the capitalist is taking surplus value from away from the workers. That helps you understand what you're there for. In ways that kind of like, yeah, fair day's wage for fair day's work, or like, we should all, you know, have a voice at work, or what, you know, whatever kind of kind of more liberally stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it sort of makes it clear, like, like we actually deserve all of the wealth that we produce, and so we're fighting for just a bigger share of that all the time. Right. I mean, in some ways, I feel like as socialists understand the cap, the the motivation of the boss better, yes, than other um, other people. And that's because they have an you know they have a better understanding of what the boss is up to, not just trying to capture profits, but also trying to hold on to power, right? Right. They, they have a, right. a power analysis of the situation, and that they know that um, the boss will make the trade-off. And this is what a lot of business unions, what you know is often called business unions, will fall into is that they'll go for the money but not the power, right? And 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 socialists have an analysis which allows them to say, you know what, of course we want to go for the money, but if you give up the power, you're really giving up, you're giving it all up long term. Right. Because right. this 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 bargaining that we're doing over the compensation article in the contract is really fundamentally a, is a power relationship. It's not just about getting an extra penny. It's about like you can't you can't sell yourself out for that extra penny. Right, um, because right. in the long term you're going to get screwed. And I think also, like socialists are able to to really like understand and articulate the way that uh, you know that the way that the struggle in a particular workplace is also the struggle of the whole class, right? And that's that's helpful both I think in terms of sort of explaining it in to the degree that uh, you're involved in sort of public campaigns, right? Being able to articulate like why it's important that. This group of workers makes a you know makes a livable wage. Well, it's also why socialists are, have have been at the forefront of making sure that the working class is united, which means right. that people are not divided by race, that they're not divided by you know gender, by sexual preference, by you know by anything, right? And if you don't have that perspective, right. that the working class absolutely has to be not united, and that's the only way you're going to build power once again. Um, then you sort of let those things go. You figure, well, why I don't want to mess around. You know, like that's why you get these sort of business unions are sort of like, well, I don't want to mess around with all this. That's a lot of work going out convincing a bunch of white people that they need to unite with everybody else. Um, Anyway, that's why we're talking with uh, Julie and Max today. Yes. Because Julie and Max are proposing something called the Democratic Socialist Labor Commission a resolution to be passed at the convention, at the Democratic Socialists of America convention. And it's important because what it's doing is it's connecting this exciting, growing Democratic Socialist organization with 
the labor movement. It's an attempt to to institutionally bring them closer together and uh, feed socialists into the labor movement and bring bring labor people into the a socialist organization. And so um, right. that's that's our and really with the hope that that will help to like revitalize the labor movement and also keep the socialist movement like grounded in the realities of working class life. Uh, at that, why don't we uh, move on to our conversation with Julie and Max? Yes. Hello, welcome to the Smash Up Derby podcast. Uh, this is Jonathan Kassam, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with Sam Smucker. And I'm uh, I'm here. I'm in Ohio uh, today. I'm moving constantly, so we have to get into that at nice. some point. Never, so, never, never know where where Sam is right. at any given that's point. Right. Last night, uh, I, but I'm in the last I, episodes. I, I was re- we were recording from a hotel room in Columbus right before going to see the Violent Femmes play. So that was. Uh, Sweet, uh, you know. Sweet. Today it's uh, it's um, a whole different thing. But anyway, go ahead. I, I I am and I am still in Vermont because you know once once you're in Vermont, why would you leave? That's right. And uh, and uh, we're here talking to a couple uh, DSA labor folks today. Yeah. So uh, um, Julie. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Julie and Matt, whose last names I don't remember. Right. So Sam so, does. So we're here today talking with uh, Julia Simborski, who's active in the um, DSA in New York City, the Democratic Socialists of America in New York City, and uh, Max Belasco, who's active in um, Los Angeles. And what we're here to do is talk about, uh, well, if you've been following the podcast, which I'm sure you have been, uh, so (laughs) dozens and dozens of people who listen in to our podcast, um, You'll know that uh, the Democratic Socialists of America are having a convention in a couple of weeks, and um, we've been doing a couple of episodes where we've discussed the way forward and the future for um, DSA. And one of the critical components, of course, is um, DSA's relation to labor. And so we're asking Julie and Max to be with us today because the two of them are putting forward a proposal to create um, a Democratic Socialist Labor Commission within the DSA and we want them to talk about that and we want to talk want them to talk about their resolution and how that will come up at the convention and so forth. So Julie and Max, I'm going to let you introduce your yourselves. Um, Julia, do you want to start it off? I'd love to. I'm Julia Samborski and by day I am an open heart surgery nurse in New York City and in my spare time, which I wish were all the time, I'm organizing for uh, for workers, both nurses in my facility and for the the greater good of workers in general. And how long have you been involved in DSA? I'm one of the new members. I've been in DSA for less than a year. Yeah, so um, spoiler alert, everybody's a new member in DSA these days. It turns out, I mean, I don't know anybody who, we, we interviewed all these people the, in the last couple of days and nobody had been a member longer than like 16 months or something like right. that. So so you're you're old, uh, you're like, you know, most senior, I think, uh, if you've been there a year or so. So, um, well, great. Well, we're so happy that you could join us today. And Max, um, why don't you let us know about um, uh, who you are and your background. Sure. Thank you very much. Um, so my name is Max Blasco, um, and I'm here in Los Angeles, and I'm a IT technician for UCLA, uh, specifically for the School of Law. And um, I'm by day I'm doing that, and then by night I'm also helping out with my union, uh, which is a university professional and technical employees, um, okay. UPDI, affiliated with CWA. 
and I help out with organizing some of the other job titles uh, remaining on campus that uh, don't uh, get to benefit from a union contract. All right, great. And how long have you been um, involved with DSA? Uh, I'm, I'm also a new member. I've yeah. been involved with DNSA. I've been a paper member since last December. All right, and both of you um, are active in, in labor branches um, within in New York and, and, and Los Angeles. Absolutely. One of my first meetings actually with DSA was a labor branch meeting, uh, specifically around the right to work issue. We call it union revitalization. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was immediately struck by the opportunity to collaborate with not just members of my own union, but members of other unions and to hear the kinds of concerns and the approaches that they they could offer to some of the same situations so, that, that face all of us in the labor movement. What What is your union? What union are you in? I'm a member of the New York State Nurses Association. Okay. It's and an independent union for New York nurses. Okay, great. And um, and how does the labor branch work then? So this is separate than it's a it's a separate group within the DSA chapter, is that correct? I think that varies from chapter to chapter or location to location. Okay. When I started helping draft this proposal that we're going to talk about I evidently confused a few people by referring to labor branch, which is the terminology we use in New York City, mm -hmm. but quite unwittingly didn't realize that uh, it's not called a labor branch everywhere. It's often called a labor working group or uh, or chapter or, or what have you from, okay. from location to location. Um, so how would you describe it? What What is a labor branch or a labor working group or... I think that's a really good question for Max, since he's the chair of his labor working group. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to answer that. Um, I know that uh, Julia is right. Uh, when I first heard about uh, labor branches being defined as branches, um, I was uh, I was surprised by that um, because the way that the labor branch, quote unquote, uh, came into formation at DSALA uh, was kind of like um, every other committee that developed at that time. Um, we had the huge you know, rise in membership to the point where we reached about 850 members. And so we had people developing ad hoc committees to kind of address some of the issues happening around the city. And uh, I was very much interested in forming uh, a labor committee uh, that was looking specifically at you know, gathering people who were organizers, staff rank and file individuals, people who were affiliated with the labor movement uh, uh, to start talking about labor issues. And um, what ended up happening was that we not only got rank and file members and staff members, but also people who were unorganized, who wanted to learn about labor and they wanted to understand the labor movement and how they could uh, organize their own workplaces. And so uh, it's been a very, very happy uh, setup where we have inside of our own committee or branch uh, members that are working on stuff that's specifically union related, but also people who are looking at how do we also uh, organize people who are not affiliated, uh, quote unquote, with like a specific uh, uh, union. And is that the main the main things you've been working on then is trying to build out, you know, asking people to get more involved in their, in their own union or or organize a new union? What, 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 so, what kind of things has the chapter taken on? Yeah. So for us, I think one of the things that was very like new to us when we first started the branch 
was uh, the idea that, uh, or at least what was very interesting, was the people who started joining the labor committee uh, were either uh, they were either like people who were like really very very like you know hardcore um, uh, staff member uh, staff members or organizers um, or union members, but we had a lot of members who were also part of a union uh, but weren't active inside of that union. So the main goal that what we wanted to do with the labor branch in Los Angeles is to help people build uh, worker identity. I think that one of the things that we've struggled with beforehand in the past, uh, or with also with a couple new members, is uh, even sometimes a reticence to identify as a worker. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, one of my fellow comrades actually in the chapter has a really funny story where her coworker, uh, she, you know, she's a researcher, and one of her coworkers said that she never wanted to identify as a worker because she was afraid of uh, quote unquote appropriating that uh, term or identity <laughs> for herself. <laughs> In other words, stealing it away from like industrial workers or something like that. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Where and, and and you know and I think sometimes at least talking because I I'm on a campus and so I talk to a lot of uh, graduate students who are involved in UAW and a couple other areas. But uh, right, you know right. when they're or, when they're organizing, they also have um, sometimes a struggle of people talking about well we don't you know want to. Uh, bring up our issues as you know equal to those of you know that are struggling workers you know so they talk about like trying to center uh, other workers and 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 I feel that that's going to be a narrative that we have to puncture uh, through using the uh, the Democratic Socialist Labor Commission is building this narrative that we all are workers if you sell your time and your labor uh, you know for money that you use to survive you're a worker and you're part of a more much larger struggle Um, so that's wow yeah. that that is that, so uh, you know having been a, a, a graduate employee that's how i right, got into the labor movement 20 some odd years ago i'd say like that that is amazing this idea that we don't want to identify as workers because it's sort of a, like a, a critique of that from the left in the 90s that was not like people didn't want to become a, a didn't want to identify as a worker because like didn't want to be a worker they didn't right. they didn't they thought it was right. a lower status right, right? They looked down on work now it's a not, sort of genteel like it's a genteel right. approach to not wanting to take away somebody's identity or something like that. Right, right. Um, right. Wow. Well, I, but I think the critical transformation here, right, and the thing that one of the sort of cultural impacts that DSA is already having is there's this you know, huge group of people out there who are starting to really think of themselves as workers in a way they hadn't thought before. And right, right. seeing themselves in an alliance with you know, working people everywhere working people in the United States, that sort of thing. So why don't, uh, Julie and Max, why don't you um, give, us, give us a breakdown on what this, um, what this resolution is all about that, you all, that the two of you wrote and that you're putting forward at the convention. I'm afraid it would be stealing a bit of valor to say, to claim that we wrote it without a great deal of input from, uh, from a great host of uh, labor activist minds although we did put the pen to paper, so to speak, uh, we did not do that alone. And, and we're very thankful for the input that we received from, from others to, to put this document together, essentially. So, so when this is proposed at the convention, what will the resolution be called? How will people know what we're talking about? We haven't found a name for it, but it is the only one that proposes a Democratic Socialist Labor Commission. Okay. And, and so it would probably center around that. Okay. What is a Democratic Socialist Labor Commission? Because that's, that's really the primary proposal here is the creation of a Demo- Democratic Labor, so, uh, I'm sorry, Democratic Socialist Labor Commission. So what does that mean? Excellent question. 
with the energy such as it is in, in DSA right now, we were hoping to find a means to start channeling and supporting the the identity, the worker identity that that brings so much power to any movement. And, and so how does this resolution do that? So the uh, proposal, if you don't mind me stepping in, no. Julia. Uh, Please do. But, uh, so the Democratic Socialist Labor Commission will have, um, as of right now, the proposal stands to have nine people on the steering committee um, that when elected will you know, represent um, you know, a level of diversity geographically, um, industrially, sectorally. Um, and the idea will be that they will serve as an advisory board to uh, the National Political Committee, which is the main um, you know, political guiding arm of uh, the DSA. And um, the idea mainly of having it for the DSLC is to be a central node or hub that will help with the cultivation and guiding of labor branches across the country. Uh, with the idea being that you know, they can provide programming or uh, you know, advice and support in uh, making sure that these uh, branches continue to develop. Uh, help bring individuals together, uh, and on top of that, just in many ways, also help disseminate programming among labor branches on how they can help build this sense of worker consciousness among DSA members at large. The main thrust being that if we really want to be a movement that's centered around the liberation of workers, we have to be a movement of workers. Mm -hmm. And so doing that type of internal education, helping out with the internal organizing uh, is going to be really key. And part of what the DLC, DSLC is supposed to do is to help facilitate getting people like pe folks in the labor movement to uh, not only just be able to show support for these folks, but help them realize that they're part of the labor movement themselves right. and get them um, much more engaged in trying to realize power inside of the workplace. Uh, and the problem that we had in, in bringing this all to fruition was the fact that there really was uh, no acting structure similar to this. So we had to go through a number of, of what we hope to one day consider to be back channels to kind of bring everyone together, uh, an unofficial Facebook group, and then uh, just calling out who's, who's going to convention, who wants to build this. And part of what the DSLC wants to do is, is create a structure through which we are able to have networking and uh, the ability to, to form alliances between branches or groups and to learn lessons from having set up other groups in the past so that it streamlines the future and building of, of new groups. So the, in some ways, this makes formal something that has been happening naturally, uh, right? That labor people have been reaching out to each other and, and coming together and finding ways to collaborate through DSA. But this will give create some official channels and some official ways to give feedback to the National Political Committee. Now, now the National Political Committee is elected, right? It's 14 people. That's the sort of highest body in DSA. That's my understanding. This would be an advisory committee to that. Is this committee um, elected or this commission, is it elected? So we have, uh, we have some goals for what we'd like to, to achieve through this uh, in terms of staffing the DSLC. Um, as Max said, right now we're looking at about nine people, uh, and elections would would be probably the the way to go about. We we haven't set it forth yet mm -hmm. in in such detail, um, 
but that said, we want to establish a, a good balance of, of rank and file to staff and experience in community working groups and uh, having been involved in, in labor organizing in the past. And by balance, I mean mostly people who have had this experience and uh, who are rank and file. But, but these, well, because the resolution is coming in front of the convention, um, the, the election or however the people are going to be put on, the, on this commission, it's not going to happen at the convention. It would happen later. Is that correct? I would love if it could happen at the convention, but uh, it, that would be that would be too soon since it needs to be adopted and voted on first. Okay. Yeah. Given given the uh, number of proposals that are already on the floor, um, I'd be surprised if we'd be able to get to bed at any time, like before two a.m. Right. Um, but <laughs> I, I I've that, noticed that emails, uh, the the polls going around to decide which <laughs> which breaks to cancel and which lunches to make working lunches and all that. So so all of that's very exciting. I mean, look, in some ways, it's a good problem to have, right? But. Right. Um, but mm -hmm. I'm just uh, I'm trying to lay out sort of how this comes together. So the resolution gets passed at the convention. The resolution calls if it gets passed, um, which, I, you know, I think we hope it does. But uh, if it gets passed at the at, currently, it calls for nine people. And then those nine people there, there isn't. A, is there not a mechanism in the resolution to either appoint or elect those people? So. I think that um, one of the things that we want to stress about what the proposal is, okay. is that uh, in many ways what we're doing is, is that it's essentially a statement saying that we want to codify inside of DSA as an organization a labor component and make that integral to DSA's identity. And we wanted to do that specifically because we were uncertain given that now we have uh, several dozen individuals across the country uh, trying to figure out how do we want to structure this system. Uh, trying to get something that is going to be like actual like hardened bylaws by uh, early August was going to be fairly unrealistic. And mm -hmm. so uh, what we wanted to do was was to be able to create a proposal um, to you know, reach out to the membership and say, um, you know, we want to make labor a component of DSI's identity. Um, and, you know, if this gets ratified and supported, uh, what we will then be working on immediately afterwards, I believe, is um, creating structured bylaws on how the DSLC will function. But we wanted to give um, inside this proposal very, you know, the specific things that DSA members may be interested in, which is like, you know, that it's a purely advisory body. Uh, the DSLC also will not necessarily uh, will not be able to force other labor branches to do certain initiatives if we decide nationwide um, initiatives. Um, basically, DSLC will be more of a coordinating arm for consenting branches if they want to work together on a project. And so we wanted to make sure that people knew that, um, you know, these kind of particular aspects of the DSLC, um, but hammering out specifically how the elections will take place and everything to that effect, uh, we thought we would probably want to, like, you know, leave until we can get people together, possibly a convention to start hashing out bylaws. Okay. The All most right, well, important thing. Yeah, go ahead. The most important thing to us was to have this structure, as Max said, which would exist to to support and build later on to provide an access point to educational materials and to offer advice and to network people together. Um, but one of the the main uh, purposes in the document is to to point out and to help people understand that since workers are the source of power, it would be entirely inconsistent for 
for us to recommend a top-down structure. Um, organizing has to happen from the grassroots on up. Mm-hmm. And the, the purpose of, of drafting this proposal was to avoid top-down commission that would tell people what to do and how to do it. Right. More details to come. <laughs> right. So, well, uh, so just um, maybe based on the, so, some of the things you've done in your local um, labor groups, could you explain a little bit of the kind of campaigns you could imagine the labor branch, uh, or I'm sorry, the labor commission coordinating? First and foremost, I, I want to recognize that the conditions under which we organize in this country uh, are not uniform for everybody at this point in time. And there are many states where, where unions are just off the table right now, um, thanks to legislation. Uh, and, and right-to-work initiatives. But we don't believe that that handicaps worker power in a significant way because we still have a voice, we can still collaborate, and we can still stand together. And all it takes is helping workers to understand the tools and the resources that they need in order to do that. That's that's one of the, the aspects I would see this supporting in. And what I can see, at least on my end, um, if we were able to take a look at what was going on in DSA Los Angeles, uh, interestingly enough, uh, this Saturday, we're actually going to be having our first formal uh, Hollywood assembly. And what this is essentially is a session uh, where people who are involved in Hollywood, whether they are uh, members of WGA, IATC, SAG-AFTRA, or even if they're unrepresented, uh, are going to be coming together to hear uh, information about current campaigns that are happening in labor. Uh, Also, on top of that, uh, strike events or labor disputes that are happening. And the point of this essentially is to kind of foster what we've been noticing in the committee where uh, different unions, uh, members of different unions or people from different work groups were asking kind of like these questions about like, hey, why is it that, you know, NPR was like, you know, forcing this like two tier um, union situation on SAG after members and helping people kind of get the idea of like, okay, all of these things that are happening, whether it's like you know, streaming video services, um, this, how this is affecting everybody else. And w- I can imagine what the DSLC can do is help, you know, develop these types of assemblies where people can then start building cross-union solidarity with each other. Uh, the other thing that I can also see happening is, is that in L.A. we have a large amount of worker centers, uh, you know, especially that are focused on unrepresented labor. And what I can definitely see is us helping like use kind of that worker center model to kind of start helping out uh, other DSA members that may be involved in precarious labor, uh, whether that be like a freelance worker of some sort. Um, even I would imagine even graduate students, since they have you know a very uh, an apprenticeship model that has become heavily professionalized over time, um, or even if you're a gig economy worker as well. Uh, I, I think that there's these other models that we can type of, we can explore um, that are really, really helpful when you have people that are labor activists and organizers that have um, done this type of work before helping others do, you know, help do this type of organization. Um, And the other thing I can also see is perhaps if, for instance, um, I won't name names um, on the podcast, but uh, (laughs) if, if, for instance, there was like a supermarket along the border uh, that has been known for being very exploitive towards its workers, 
if we wanted to do something similar to what we did with the AT&T uh, short strike that happened earlier this year, I could see the DSLC being a formal body that can help out with the disseminating of media, um, of messaging uh, to consenting branches that wanted to participate in, you know, supporting a boycott or supporting or doing strike solidarity and um, helping people, um, you know, push customers away from the picket line. That's already taking place in New York City. One of the parts of the New York City labor branch is actually called Strike Solidarity. And the people who've been working on that have been relentless in their their efforts to support ongoing labor struggles throughout the city and the local area. Um, uh, like the, the B&H uh, workers in Brooklyn, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, so the B&H, B&H video is, a, is a, a video warehouse, a video equipment warehouse, correct? me if I'm wrong and mm -hmm. they and the workers there voted to form a union and uh, the I believe they closed the warehouse and moved it to New Jersey or they're trying to do that they're they're about to do that um, yeah. and if you research their working conditions they're really astonishingly horrible uh, and and workers were asked to sign documents not in their own language and so on and so forth so uh, every well, week for the past 17 or so weeks um, there have been DSA members standing out there with them in solidarity. This is the kind of thing to support and build on. Right. So this is a great um, a great model for the kind of things that the labor branches can do, um, or the labor chapters. How, how many labor chapters are there around the country? Do you have a sense Max, of that? Maybe, maybe you could speak to that more than I could, Max. <laughs> well, um, in fact. What you what you that question actually speaks to one of the reasons why we need a DSLC in the first place. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Quite so. It, it is being able to make sure that you know if we get new members, um, we can get them in contact with um, the most nearby branch or help them even um, with um, developing an organizing committee for a given branch. As of right now, um, all of this that's happening is very um, ad hoc and uh, doesn't really have like a formalized structure to it. And so what I think one of the key initiatives that we want for the DSLC is to help maintain, uh, you know, the, the who are the points of contact for each, each labor branch? Um, what are the labor branches? What are the organizing committees? Um, how far along are the organizing committees in developing um, branches? And, you know, how have the labor branches developed uh, power for um, themselves and also for chapters in the local area? I could see that being also a very large component of the DSLC. Okay, so this resolution is going before uh, the convention here, and the uh, which the the convention is taking place in Chicago, August third to the, to the sixth, twenty seventeen. This resolution that Max and Julia have uh, uh, put together with, I, I understand with with a lot of input from other folks, but uh, I think you, you two are the, sort of the main movers on it. And um, <laughs> so we expect to see that there and it should get voted on. And um, uh, I think, you know, people, I know people around the sort of labor uh, parts of DSA are pretty excited about it. So, um, uh, you know, I appreciate oh, all hey. Yeah, well, yeah. I appreciate all your work putting it together. Um, and it was a it, lot of late nights, I will admit that, but we were very excited to put in the, this work because it's a vision that we are, are really excited about. Absolutely. All right. Well, Julia and Max, we will uh, get a chance. Uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to uh, run into you in Chicago. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jonathan. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. All right. 
Jonathan, do you want to um, send us on our way? Sure. Um, everyone for listening to the Smash Up podcast. Uh, if you are uh, not yet subscribed to us on iTunes or Google Play, uh, you can search for us as uh, the Smash Up Derby. Uh, but if you uh, and if you want to get episode notified of future episodes, you can head over to smashuppodcast.com and click on the follow or subscribe uh, link to subscribe or sign up for our email list. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Smash Up Podcast. And uh, if you have a question or comment about what you've heard, there's an ask or comment link on the website, again, smashuppodcast.com, or tweet at us at smashuppodcast. And if you are listening on iTunes, please rate us and leave a review. And if the review is funny, we'll read them on future episodes. Thanks.